We're going to continue in the series, Prepare Yourself. And this is part four of fellowship. So just we're going to recap a little bit. So prepare yourself, continue in the series, and then this is part four of fellowship. And we define fellowship, which is the Greek word koinonia, which is defined as partnership, social intercourse or oneness, communion, which is the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. I mean, that, I thought that was just awesome. I, that, that was just awesome. We talk about position last week, functions in the body, and we talk about that in the week before also, but we dealt in it in a little more depth last week. Positions and functions in the body, different gifts, ministries, and activities in operation by members through the same spirit. So everything that's happening in the body of Christ, it's all happening individually, but by the same spirit with each member. This, and these gifts must be exercised until we all come to the unity, oneness of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. So that means we have to know the Son of God. If we want to know the Father and the Father's will, we have to know the Son. And this knowledge is just not just any kind of knowledge. This is not the head knowledge. This is the revealed knowledge. The epinosis, that, that's the word. We all have been given gifts and grace. So not only were we given gifts, the gifts weren't ours. We, they were given to us by the Holy Spirit. And we have been given the grace to use those gifts. So the gifts were given to us, but they weren't just given to us. The Lord also gave us the grace, the power, the ability to exercise those gifts. Alright? We have also been given a measure of faith for those gifts which must be exercised by faith. So not only were we given gifts, we were given a measure of faith and the grace to exercise those gifts. But we heard, we heard something there. We have to exercise the gifts. He gave, God gave us everything we need for those gifts to manifest. But we have to exercise the gifts. So service in the body is never about the individual. It's never about the I. It's never about the individual, but the whole. And to have true fellowship in the body, to have true koinonia, to have true oneness, to be of the one mind, we, in the body, you have to know your function, purpose, and walk in it. You can't just know it. You have to walk in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? The arm can know that I'm part of the body, but for the arm to be a benefit, it has to work. It has to be used. It has, because if it's not used, it's useless. Alright, so let's just go to, I just kind of, a brief recap of what I talked about last week. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to read verse 42. Let me just read, let's start from verse 41. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Then we're going to read 42, and then I'm going to skip to 46. Then those who gladly received his word, whose word? That's Peter was, was preaching and teaching, were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Verse 46. 
So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. What I wanted to pay attention to there, we're talking about fellowship, koinonia. We're talking, and it's defined, as I say, as partnership, oneness, sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental and spiritual level. couple things to catch. Then those who receive, gladly receive his word. They what? They gladly received the word. They received it gladly. Verse 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. That fellowship is koinonia. In the breaking of bread and in prayers. Verse 46. Continuing daily with one accord. With one accord. Daily in the temple. And breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness. And simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. So what was going on? With the apostles teaching, preaching, they studied the word. And they receive it. It's okay. You could have Bible study. You can have a service. The word has been preached or taught. But you have to what? Receive it. If you don't receive it, it's of no use. You have to hold on to it. You have to nurture that word. Because the Bible gives, Jesus gives the parable about the sower. Because when the word is sown, if it's not sown on good ground, immediately it's snatched away. So we have to, and the only way you can receive the word, of course you don't receive it blindly. What you receive has to be received in confirmation with your spirit. And if you don't know the word, you go home and you check it out. You just don't take what I say. But the word is received. But we have a responsibility, not only when we receive it, but receive it and hold on and nurture it. So that that word is expected to take root and bring fruit out of your lives. It's not, not just to hear it. It's to receive it. Nurture it and act on it. Okay? So they received it and, they, and this is where the obedience comes. Not only did they hear it, not only did they study, they received it and they acted on it. They obeyed. They spent a lot of time together, daily in the temple. In this modern age, we don't spend all that time together. Alright? Maybe once a week. Maybe twice a week. We have Bible study. We come together. Once a week, we have service. Or maybe twice a week. They were meeting daily in the temple. And in homes. Getting to know one another. Why do you think they were meeting in homes? They wanted to get to know one another. That's how koinonia happens. You can't have koinonia. You can't have oneness. If I don't know you. That koinonia is like a, a relationship between a husband and wife. That's, my wife knows me better than you all know me. Than my siblings. Even my daughter. That's the koinonia. That's, the, that's what he's talking about. They spend time together so they, they, that they know one another. They know each other's little hot buttons. They know how to, to treat each other, how to talk to each other. In homes, getting to know one another, naturally and by the Spirit. Not only naturally, but by the Spirit. 
They ate and prayed together. They, what, what you saw, they, they had a hunger for the things of God. For them to be, for be meeting daily, not only in the temple or church. And after they were done, they, they went home to each other's house. Not all of them in one house, but they were, probably went to other houses. And then they were still, they fellowship, getting to know one another better. So that they can have koinonia. And then the breaking of bread and prayers. So they were eating together and they were praying together. The only way you, that has happened is if there is a hunger for the things of God. So they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. What does that mean? Food wasn't the main focus. You think about us nowadays. We have fellowship. I mean, they only had that? Look up, with all this, that's all they had? Crackers and cheese? Food wasn't the main focus. The koinonia, the fellowship, what they had to receive from each other, that was the focus. The oneness was the focus, not the food. So that's why I said, they ate their food with gladness. Listen, not everybody had the same kind of wealth. Not everybody can lay out a great banquet. Some house you may go and you get bread and you get meat and you get leeks and whatever. Other house you go and you get crackers and juice or water. That's what they had. But they ate it with gladness and simplicity of heart. That wasn't the focus. They didn't come to each other's house for what they can get. They came to, for what they can give to each other through by the Spirit. You get that? Alright. So they ate whatever they had. They weren't fussy or complaining. I ain't going to Brother Chris's house. They only give us crackers and juice. That's it. I ain't going back there. I'm going to Sister Teresa's house. Because there, I mean, she had this was all laid up. You should have seen the table. It's all laid up. I'm going back to her house. I ain't coming to Brother Chris's house. They're cheap over there. The attitude is what, is what, what matters. They, and then, and all of that, what were they doing? They were praising God. And having favor with all the people. That's in verse 47. Why were they praising God? Oh my God. Why were they praising God? They were praising God because they had an understanding of what salvation meant. They were getting the good news of the gospel. They were getting, they were getting an understanding of what salvation meant. And the grace and the love of God. Because if you read back in, if you go back and read. These people were count worthy when they were beaten, tortured. They were happy because they knew they said they'll have a better resurrection. Do you hear what I'm saying? They were happy because they understood what their salvation meant. They weren't afraid to die for the gospel. They weren't afraid to lay down their lives. Every time they got beaten or arrested, they were happy. Because they knew that they have a better resurrection. What about us today? Do we have that kind of guts? Do we have that kind of attitude? Selah. So they were praising God. Because they had an understanding of what salvation truly meant. And the grace and the love of God. And then it said they had favor with all the people. Why were they having favor with all the people? Because they were a blessing. You have this body of people who are fellowshipping. Everywhere they go, they have their love of God has been expressed. How are they doing it? They're talking about Jesus. They're talking about what He did in their life. But not only that, they were helping people. They will be a benefit and not a detriment to the people in the area. 
These people, there was something about them that was different. They were a blessing. That's why they had favor. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, here again, fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy, by being what? Like-minded. Having the same love. Being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Verse 4. Let each of you look out not for only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. It says here, let's just go to verse 2. He said, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Having the same love being of one accord of one mind. What is that about? He said, having the same love. Putting each other first. That is what he said. Because if you go back and you read in Corinthians. We covered this last week or the week before. Right? He st- we talk about, he's talking about the members. No member is supposed to be treated superior to any other member. All members are supposed to be treated the same way. He said, have the same love one for another. So the love you have for your pastor, the love you have for the greeter, they are supposed to be the same. You don't heap more love on the pastor than you do for a greeter or somebody in the parking lot. Have the same love one for another. Why? Because there do not want to be any division in the body. You treat, oh, you treat this person better than you treat that person. That is not, that does not belong. When you see that, that's an error. There's a problem in the body. We are to love each other the same. The same, why? Because we are all members one of another. We are all part of a body. We all have a function. We all need each other. So no part of the body is more valuable than any other part. Be like-minded. Having the same love. Putting each other first. In one accord. One mind. Pursuing true fellowship. True koinonia. When you understand what that koinonia is, you don't put on any other person above any other person. Verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? You hear what it says here? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. This is not about I or conceit. Okay, let it nothing be done for self or pride. He said, said what? He said, in lowliness of mind, in humility of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. He said, honor others better than you honor your own self. Do we see that in the body? No, we don't. Let's be honest, we don't. I take care of mine, then I take care of you. That's not what it's saying here. 
Okay? He said, let nothing be done through the eye, selfish ambition or conceit, pride. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better. Oh my God, it says better than himself. Selah. If one member suffers, this is from 1 Corinthians, the whole suffers. When one is blessed or honored, others rejoice with that member. Why? Because eventually the whole is also blessed. If my big toe, I'll tell you how many years I had an ingrown toenail. That thing, that thing hurt, my whole body was out of whack. But when the doctor took, you, know, you ever had a, a toothache? You have a toothache, what happens? Your whole body is out of whack. Because one part suffers, the whole body suffers. But when they took that tooth out, or when he took care of that, that ingrown toenail, what happened? The toe was happy and guess what? The whole body was happy. The toe, we were happy. I was happy for the toe. Because if the toe is good, that means I can, I can do what I have to do. So the whole body is rejoicing. With the toe. Because he's not hurting. The whole body is not hurting anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm using that analogy because that's what they use in the Bible. But let's bring it to home. Let's bring it to home. A brother or sister is having a hard time. Whatever the situation may be. We can't say, oh, pray. You pray and trust God. If it is within our power to help, we help. If she hurts or he hurts, we are to be there with them. Comforting them in whichever way we can. That's where the gifts, oh my God. Our gifts are be used to help the whole. So help, if you help that brother and our sister, and you help them recover, when they're happy, the whole body becomes happy, because now they can use their gift to benefit the whole. They're not bogged down with whatever it is that's having them bogged down. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we have to team others better than, our own, than, than my own self. Lord, help me. <laughs> really, help me. Because I'll be honest with you, I am not there. I am learning. But I am not there. Verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for your own interests, his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Don't just think about yourself. Don't just think about what I can get. I got to think about others. How I can help others. How I can benefit others. Not only that. It's whatever you're thinking about, how does it affect the rest? When you're in your family, for your family to stay intact, for your marriage to stay intact. A husband can't think about himself. He can't think about, this is what I want. I don't care what she wants. I don't care how it affects the kids. That's disaster. He has to think of not what for himself, how it affects the rest of his family. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have to think the same way in the body. Whatever decisions I as pastor make, I can't think of myself. I have to think of how it's going to affect the rest of the body. So it's not about what I want. It's what's going to benefit the whole. Do you understand? And we have to think the same way. If I want looking for glory, I am not thinking about you. I'm thinking about myself. But I have to answer to him. So I have to be careful. Because this is where the enemy will come in and try and get in. This walk of faith is, is scary. But it's wonderful when you see what, how God is operating and what He's doing. And how He's shaping us to think like Christ. The more, I, the more the Lord reveals of Himself to me, 
I adore Him. And how much I appreciate what Jesus accomplished. I, I'm sorry, I don't have the words. I can't articulate. I, I, I don't have the words. I can't give it to you. You have to experience it. And the Holy Spirit has to show it to you. He has to reveal it to you. And when you start seeing it, and He starts showing you the, the picture, and how we fit in, it will blow your mind. So, don't look out for yourself. Think about others, the interests of others. What I do, how does it affect the other? Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind? Oh my God. I just talked about it. Well, let me just let me break it down for you here. Verse 6. Who being a form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. This, listen, this is the mind he's talking about. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. What is that saying? Look at the mindset of Christ. He said, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ. What did I just talk about? Not thinking about yourself, but thinking about others. What did Jesus do? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. What is it? The one who created all things. Who was from the beginning with the Father. Came in time and space. As a man, as his own creation. Not only did he come as a man, in, and it says where? And he, in what? Verse 8. Found in the appearance of as a man. He came as a man. He humbled himself to come. Number one, he humbled himself to come in the form of his creation. He is the one who created all things. He created man, but he came in the form of his own creation. So you already lowered yourself. Because he created man lower than the angels. So you came in the form of your own creation. Lower than the angels who you created. And not only that. He hum further humbled himself to come as a form of a servant. Not to do his will, but to do the will of the Father. And not only that. He further humbled himself. By laying on his life to die on the cross for man. So he didn't put his needs above ours. He thought of what he had to do. To benefit others. So he had to lay down his life. Number one. He had to do the will of the Father. Because he had to reveal the Father to those who were lost. Then give his life so that no we can come before the Father in his righteousness. So he wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking of what he can do to benefit others. You hear what I'm saying? This is the mind that is in Christ that needs to be in us. Thinking of the benefit of others other than our own self. Do you see what I'm saying? This is what he's saying here. This whole walk we walk. This walk of faith. It all has to do with the love of God. But the koinonia. Putting the needs of others before our own needs. This is what it's talking about. If you go through the whole Bible. You see the love of God. This is the love of God. Putting the needs of others before your own needs. That's why he didn't. Listen. Peter, when they wrote this in Philippians, they weren't just writing this to make us feel good. They were writing this because this is the love of God. The love of God is expressed. The gifts that you're going to manifest, they express in love. We talk about that next week, not now. But listen, this is the shed. This, let this mind be in you, which also in Christ. What is that mind? 
it's about putting the needs of others before yourself. It says what? Don't look out for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. That's what Jesus did when he laid down his life. The Father said, He said, The Father gave me a commandment. I can lay my life down and I can take it up. I chose to lay down my life because that's what the Father required. Because I know I in eternity my Father and I made an agreement. And I will come in time and space at the appropriate time. And I will lay down my life. So that don't need to benefit me, but to benefit those who are lost. It was not about me. It's about those who are lost. So we have to have that same mindset. Husband and wife, family. It's no accident God created things the way they are. The family structure. He said, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. What did he do? What do you mean that give himself, gave himself means? What do you think that means? He laid down his life. The husband laid down his life for the wife. Laid down his life. That's what Jesus did for the bride of Christ. He laid down his life. So he made himself of no reputation. The whole thing about koinonia. We have to be willing to humble ourselves in each other's presence. Do you hear what I'm saying? That is not an easy thing to do. Until your mind is renewed. And you know, it's never my intent to offend anybody. But I just have to say it like I, it's been revealed to me. And the more I see about what the love of God is, I don't think people have a clue. People say, oh, you got to love, love, love. Really? There's a love of the world and there's a love of God. Because the love of the world changes. The love of God is constant. doesn't change. And the love of God is a, self, is a selfless love. It's a sacrificial love. Okay. So, for our position in the body and gifts to matter. Do you hear what I'm saying? For your position in the body and your gifts to matter. For it to benefit the body. We have to study the word. We have to be taught. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Also preaching and teaching. Because we talk about the gifts. Given to what? Perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. We talked about that. So there are gifts given in the body to help teach. To their classes, teachers, evangelists, apostles. These are all given to perfect the saints. To bring them to maturity. So that they can function in the body and be edify the body. That's what they're there for. So that the measure oh my God, so that the measure of faith can be can mature. The teaching and preaching your own time and when you're taught by the by the Holy Spirit we have been given a measure of faith. And that measure of faith for it to increase and mature you have to put it to work. Do you understand? You have a muscle in your arm the muscle is there, but how does it get stronger? It has to put, be put to work. So the measure of faith for, to mature, it can only mature as you put it to use. As it matures, God gives the grace to exercise those talents. He gives you more grace. He gives you more grace. He gives you more capacity to receive by the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God is going to keep teaching you and revealing to you and giving you more things to reveal to the body. To edify the body. But you've got to put to use what he's give, that measure he's given you. You've got to put that to use first. He's not going to give you more than... Listen. God is not wasteful God. God is not wasteful. If you're not using what he's giving you, he's not going to give you more. Remember the, the parable with the talents? The owner gave three people talents. He went away. 
And two of them did something with what he gave them, and one didn't do anything. And he said what? When he came back, he thanked those who took the, the time to invest the, the, the talent. And the one who said, hey, master, I know you are, you're a tough man. So I don't want to upset you. So I, 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 I hid it in the ground. I buried it so it won't get lost. He said, you miserable. Basically, you lazy. You lazy servant. So he took what he had and he gave it to those who had. And he said, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because God gives us gifts. But we have to, he expects us with what he gives us to put it to use. So God gives the grace to exercise talents by faith. Everything we do is by faith. I'm ministering here by faith. But those talents to be benefited the whole, we have to spend time together. So whatever gifts I have, if I'm, if I'm preaching or my sister gave a testimony or, or you guys give a testimony, if you're not here, you don't benefit from it. There's, you're not benefiting because you're not here to receive it. We have to truly get to know one another and encourage each other in the faith, as we did, as we testified earlier. There are things that we're going through in life. And when we come together, that's where your gift edifies me and my gift edifies you. We edify one another because we're, in, we're all in this together. We need each other because we don't all have all, all the gifts. Every, we're not like Jesus. Jesus had everything in him. But we are his body. And the gifts given to each one of us to benefit the whole. The strategy of God is amazing. He, God will never put all the gifts in, any, in, man, in one man again. They, Jesus was it. He was it. He is the prototype. One of a kind. They were meeting daily. They got together for the right reason. Because they understood that they were part of something bigger than themselves. And for the anointing to come. Oh my God. We pray for the anointing. We want the anointing. We want this. We want that. But for the anointing to come. They truly have to be one. And it says the Lord added to the church. To the body. Those who were being saved. There was evidence of koinonia. There was evidence of koinonia. Of oneness. And because of the oneness the anointing came. And many signs and wonders were done because of oneness. What one does is to benefit the whole. It is never about the one or self. If you get this, you will start to understand how your function and gift applies. And the blessings God created you to be to edify the body of Christ. This requires a love and commitment to God such as that of Jesus to the Father. His Father and our Father also. There's a commitment. They said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. It's a commitment to Him from us. A commitment to Him, but also a commitment to the Father's will. We will not struggle with our commitment and the need for true koinonia or fellowship in the body. If we understand the love of God, we wouldn't struggle with fellowship. What it means to fellowship in the body. It will never be a drudgery to come to church. Because you understand what koinonia is.